What's the first thing you do every morning? Or maybe what's the first thing you think of before your feet touch the floor? For me, I'm usually woken up by the smell of coffee. Full disclosure, I'm fairly a morning person. I actually like getting up early, but what I don't like is coffee that's been sitting idle in a pot for too long. So the thought of laying in bed while fresh coffee has just been brewed is all the reason I need in getting out of bed. I pull back the sheets, pour a cup, take the dog out, and just like that, my day has started. While I'm sure you're sitting on the edge of your seat hearing of my morning routine, I share it to show you the forest rather than the trees, if you will. Habits, patterns, behaviors, good and bad. Being the first podcast episode of the new year, it's the season of breaking bad and starting good. I personally have never been one to make New Year's resolutions, as most of them fall off by oof, just now. But I'd like to illustrate how easy it is to make new habits, ones that you actually want to keep, ones that become second nature. Imagine, if you will, a metal chain laid out before you. Let's make it easy. Maybe 10 links in this chain. So for example, the first link of my chain was the smell of coffee. The second link was pulling back the bed sheets. Third was pouring a cup of coffee. And the fourth chain was taking our Bernadoodle Derby out for a morning walk. Today, we're going to break down why we have the habits we have be them good or bad, and how we can replace them. And of course, with a new year, new you, we'll learn why some habits, no matter how shiny they appear, just don't stick. Maybe you're tired of smoking, tired of worrying. Maybe you chew your nails, or maybe you fancy the snooze button. Nothing wrong with that, until the boss calls after a few times. We each have our vices, particularly after 2020. But before we fasten the seatbelt and blaze down Makeover Avenue, you're going to have to ask yourself, am I ready for this? Do I really want to be in a different place, a better place, especially emotionally this time next year? It's a question that only you can answer, and one that I hope you choose to follow through with. If you're ready, really ready, I'm going to say the familiar tagline I use to begin each episode. On the other side of this invitation, I'll be waiting to share some insight, some techniques, and most of all, my favorite word for 2021, grace. I hope you'll join me. But this entirely is up to you. Here we go. I'm Chan Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. Be it the constant, mindless scroll through Facebook to maybe having one chocolate chip cookie too many, no such thing, habits aren't just things we do every day. Bear with me here, this gets a little heady, but I'll explain on the other side. 
But as one peer review states, habits are behaviors which are performed automatically because they've been performed frequently in the past. This repetition creates a mental association between the situation, which we will call the cue, and action, which we will call behavior, which means that when the cue is encountered, the behavior is performed automatically. Automaticity has a number of components, one of which is lack of thought. Okay, so let me break this down a bit. There are two really important words in this heady study, cue and behavior. The cue, for instance, was my smelling the coffee first thing this morning. The behavior being my pulling back the sheets and eventually pouring a cup and walking the dog. The behavior was getting up because I smelled the coffee. Hang with me, this will all make sense, I promise. The cue of smelling the coffee results in my behavior, my response, getting out of bed. Did I say to myself the night before, okay, Chad, when you smell coffee, you have to remember to get out of bed? No, of course not. I smelled coffee, and I wanted coffee, methodical being my preferred brand of choice. So I got out of bed. It just so happens that our dog's bed is en route to the kitchen. So it just makes sense to pour a cup and then take the dog outside because, well, he's gosh darn cute and he needs to aimlessly sniff the various mailboxes while I sip coffee in my pajamas. Now, if I say, I'm going to wake up every morning by the sound of an annoying alarm and then I'm going to let the dog out, how motivated do you think I would be to get out of bed? Well, probably not much until he started howling, saying, hello, I need to go outside. Creating good, effective habits are exactly the same. If you want to create a pattern, a new year, new you, this is one of the steps in going about it. Let's go back to the chain analogy. The chain is built by a pattern of links. The first chain is the smell of coffee, the second chain, getting out of bed, and so on and so forth. The fact that our dog's bed is en route to the coffee maker makes taking the dog out a link in the chain. It's a set pattern that, as the study states, requires lack of thought. Derby, the Bernadoodle, is a link in my chain of morning events. Now, that's not to say every time I smell coffee, I feel the need to find Derby and take him outside. That would be silly. Realizing it or not, I've created a system for each morning, and he's simply a step in that system. It's automatic, if you will. So what in the world does this have to do with creating good habits and kicking out the ones that make us feel so empty. Well, one of the biggest reasons why we fail at keeping our goals, if you will, is we have to define which link happens when in our system. Do we even have a system? Our intentions are there, but what should be automatic isn't so effortless. You know how it's late at night and you're fried from the day and you finally have the couch to yourself and 
now with the remote in one hand and a bag of chips in the other, you turn on your favorite show. Where did the bag of chips come from? It's like they magically appeared. It's like you don't even remember grabbing them. We've programmed our mind to think, ah, TV, relax, Doritos. But it's not until we get to the bottom of the bag that we realize, did I just eat the whole bag of Doritos? Or maybe you had an endless day of Zoom meetings and the last thing you wanted to do was log into your Peloton class because, well, you just didn't feel like it. But now, you've not only ditched your exercise class, you just ate an entire bag of Doritos. Intentions are great. Willpower, eh, not so great. Your system, horrible. There's nothing wrong with relaxing or even eating Doritos, just maybe not the whole bag, but it's setting the proper cues in place to create the behaviors we're wanting to build. It takes adding steps or links into what I call our chain of events that begin to strengthen the pattern, creating better habits. At the end of the day, when it's time for Netflix, be mindful. You know walking by the pantry is tempting, so either walk through the living room or another way besides the kitchen. Or if you do feel like a snack, find something other than processed potato chips. Picking up an apple or some grapes rather than the chips, I doubt you'll feel guilty finishing off some blueberries while watching Cobra Kai. The cue the situation is you would like to relax with some nice screen time. Your behavior is to typically open a bag of chips and consume mindlessly. Emotions create habits, good or bad. And if we stop our emotional thought pattern long enough to say, "Ah, how am I going to feel after eating this entire bag of chips? Our rational mind has the chance to say, I have a better idea. Recognize the habitual trigger and create a rational response. Just as we recognize the cue, we now recognize the behavior that we're drawn to. But what if our habit goes deeper than just a bag of Doritos? Maybe it's one drink too many, or an addiction as quote-unquote innocent as Facebook to not-so-innocent as meth or alcohol abuse. Then what? Some habits have deeper roots than others that are more difficult to break. And then some habits, they aren't habits, but addictions. And if that is the case, I plead with you to seek professional help I have a number of websites at the very bottom of commentdownpodcast.com. Please, start there. Please. Regardless, what's even more important than the first two steps with cue and behavior is, in my opinion, your environment. When chronic habits occur, look around. Notice. Is it normally with a certain person or a group of people? Is it when you're alone, 
board is that when you're lonely, what's the chain link just before your action you later regret? Maybe it's a conversation about money or a work colleague that just irritates you and causes you to lash out. What's the cue that initiates your behavior that knocks you down each time? While you're on the ground, look up, look around, and notice. This happens when, what? If you really want to break this pattern, if you really want to break this pattern, this weak link in your chain, come to understand its timeline and your chain of events. If your downfall is at happy hour with colleagues after work, find and join a gym, a book club, or volunteer somewhere during those hours. You'll find you're not the only one to benefit now. If the conversation around money or any other subject for that matter gets heated every time you sit with your spouse, make the investment to counsel with someone who can objectively listen to both sides and offer a professional point of view. Find the link and tend to it. A weak link can only hold the chain together for so long, but when properly placed, a link will hold strong through the most endearing of times. If I can leave you with a final word, it would be this. Prepare to fail. It's okay. Give yourself some grace. Moving the links of the chain about to find what works best for you takes some patience and some experimenting. Some of these links are old and covered in rust. They've been there for a while. So make a plan, write some things down, and know that changing a lifelong history of rinse and repeats isn't necessarily easy, though it isn't impossible. Following these three steps of cue, behavior, and environment, you'll eventually notice you've reached for the strawberries as the Doritos keep getting pushed further and further back out of you. And that's a habit that tastes pretty sweet. To find more episodes of Calm It Down, hear the musical playlist from today's episode, or simply wanting to know where to send chocolate chip cookies, visit CalmItDownPodcast.com. You'll even find additional resources for emotional support, including our online community and our Facebook page. You're not alone. You are not alone. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson, composer pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion and is not intended to, nor should they serve as a substitute for medical advice or a diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. 
Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you, and you should only act upon the advice of such physician. Now, what I'd like to say. I am an extreme empath by nature, but my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this and future podcasts in aiding those needs. To find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit CalmItDownPodcast.com. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of emotional health. I'm Chad Lawson, and until next time, be kind to your mind, and join me next week as we calm it down.